This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello, my name is Dave Gonzalez, and I haven't read any of the books in George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. I'm Joanna Robinson. I've read every book in George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. And I'm Neil Miller, and I have also read all of those books. We are headed back to Westeros to cover the Game of Thrones spinoff series, House of the Dragon. We'll be answering your questions, so send us a raven at trialbycontent at gmail.com. Take some bread and salt and join us Thursdays on the Trial by Content feed, and don't worry, you're safe. The Reigns of Castamere hasn't even been written yet. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Amanda, we're entering or we've entered Oscar season. How are you feeling? I feel thrilled. I'm maybe the only person <laughs> on the face of the earth who is like psyched about Oscar season. And, and let me be clear, that doesn't mean that I think it's going to be a positive experience. I don't know that it's going to go well. You know, we have a lot to address, possibly heal from with regards to last year, <laughs> or or in my preference, we just are going to move on and never talk about it again. That's what I would like to do. You know, there are a lot of movies, some of them good, so far pretty bad, I would say, but in a way that I've had a lot of fun and I like seeing movies and talking about them. So I'm excited. I bring it up because it just means celebrity season. They've yeah. got to do so many appearances, so many press tours, so many interviews. I'm fired up. But I think before we can officially move into that, we need to close the chapter on Don't Worry, Darlin'. I feel like it's, I feel like this is it. I feel like we're on the last legs. The movie's out. Mm-hmm. The press is mostly over. Amanda, how's the movie? It's terrible. <laughs> that's, that's actually <laughs> not fair. That's not fair. Uh, Sean and I did a very long conversation about it with spoilers on the big picture. And I'm going to try to not totally spoil it here because. Okay. I think if you are going to invest in this, you might as well have the full experience. I did see it. It is not incompetent. That's okay, the thing. Great. It is it is a movie that is is made I don't know about well, but with knowledge and purpose <laughs> and it's more <laughs> that the choices that it makes and a, a couple choices in particular really some of the stupidest stuff I've seen on the big screen in 5 to 10 years. Is it a filmmaking issue or a script writing issue? Script writing issue. 
idea writing issue. And, and and the filmmaking aspect comes from that because basically there is a, a twist. There is a reveal that is stupid. Okay. And the rest of the movie kind of can't live up to that. There's also some pacing issues, which is a little bit script, a little bit filmmaking. There sure. are certainly some casting issues. Who's the worst? Harry Styles. I'm sorry to say it. It's just, uh, it's completely wrong here's, for the part. Here's the thing about Harry Styles as an actor. Yes. Why play a different part when you're Harry Styles? I mean, he's so charming. He's got the most charisma in the world. People love Harry Styles. Why would you try to, like, slip into a different role? Like, I honestly don't get it. And I know you could say, like, people love George Clooney. People, I love George Clooney. Sure. People love, I don't know, ex-actor. But that's because a lot of them were introduced, like, through acting versus through being himself as, like, a teen idol. So I just don't understand this direction other than, like, him maybe being bored. I I mean, there is a history of pop stars trying to become actors recent and you know further back including David Bowie who sure. is like seems to be a real lodestar for Harry Styles at least in terms of like visual presentation yeah, and, and gender fluidity right it, it, sure like I you know Harry Styles is trying is he succeeding on that front is also another separate conversation but I do agree with you I find Harry Styles super charming as a pop artist and he seems to be very successful as a pop star he wanted to try this I just don't think it works for him at mm-hmm. all. And the movie does depend a little bit on the this role having some heft to it. It just kind of falls flat. So sad. Again, the, are you going to see it? No. Will you watch Definitely it on streaming not. when it comes out? No, I saw a tweet that I felt summed it up for me. So okay. I was like, oh, okay, I understand now. I'll just, spoiler alert, skip ahead two minutes if you don't want to know what this tweet said. Right. But the tweet said that it's basically the Truman Show. So I assume they're like in a simulation or like something like that. Like, yes and no. But but the specifics of the simulation, I mean, it is the Truman Show and you can, it's like Truman Show meets Stepford Wives and that's really available from the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the specificity of how it's like the Truman Show and and what Harry Styles, the role that he plays in that part. Is he like the Laura Linney of... Of this movie, I don't remember what Laura Linney is doing. Do, can I? Do you really want me to spoil it? I feel like I'm. Yeah, I do. I'll just tell you, Laura Linney was Truman's wife, who was in on it. She was doing like product placement. I love the Truman Show. So. Right, I like the Truman Show as well, but I have don't totally remember the spe- specifics. Yeah. Okay. So hit the forward button if you don't know anything, Juliet. Quite frankly, I'm robbing you of something, but I'm going to tell you anyway. No. So I've never seen this movie. I've only seen two movies in the last two and a half years. I know years you still haven't seen Top Gun Maverick. So, Jade, am I spoiling it for you? Yeah, okay. I, I'm Again, Jade, I, our producer, I apologize to you as well. Okay, here we go. Last okay. chance. So, Harry Styles is a gamer? So, yeah, there you go. So, that's the main thing. So, there is a flashback to, or a flash forward, I guess, a cut to real life where Harry Styles is supposed to be a gamer, and he has this goatee, and is, like, listening to a podcast, and he's, like, a weird incel podcast devotee. So he's actually playing an incel? Yes. But but like it's but even the idea of him being incel is not well explained in the movie. There's basically one scene where you cut to like the real world and you haven't known it's the real world till now. You've thought it was the 50s. And Florence Pugh is a doctor and she leaves the OR and she's been working for like 30 hours and she gets home and she's tired. And Harry Styles doesn't have a job. And he, like, very gently tries to have sex with her. And she's like, I'm really sorry. I'm tired and I have to be back at work at six hours. 
And then he takes her hostage, drugs her, and forces her to live permanently, like, uh, in, in a game. the metaverse. Yeah, which he and all his Jordan Peterson-type ac- acolyte friends have, like, they subscribed to Chris Pine this and designed so this, like, dumb. 50s world. It's, it, you can't even believe how dumb it is. And then it raises all of these questions about what they thought they were saying about feminist. I mean, it's, I'm grinning as I tell you this because. Oh my God. I, I had so much fun going to this really dumb movie with friends and then making a lot of fun of it. But it is a really conscious decision that they make to make this about incels and how the challenges to women right now are that men want them to wear aprons. Like, it's so, it's not even... Like, to use their body for sex? Oh, my God. But Um, it's not even second wave. It's so limited. It's unbelievable. That sounds really, really bad. Yeah. Wow. Also, Shia LaBeouf would have been a lot more believable as an insult. Yes, because at some point, there is this dramatic scene where Harry Styles, like, Florence Pugh is in the metaverse, but she realizes it, and so she, like, confronts him, like, in the Palm Springs metaverse, and she literally screams to him, I had a job! Like, you know, which, (laughs) fair, she did have a job. Can I just say, I hate Palm Springs. Yeah. And this, there's like all of these TV shows and movies that are like these like dystopian fantasies mm-hmm. or like rom coms gone awry. Like, what's that TV show? I can't remember. It's with Christine Milioti. I forget the name of it, but there's that. And then Palm Springs. And now this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, all of this confirms to me that Palm Springs does in fact suck. And people who claim to like it are just like, this is where you get stuck in a bad dream. So <laughs> I sometimes agree with you as previously discussed, you and I just don't connect with the desert, you know, and it leaves yeah. us with a sense of despair. I did watch the first 20 minutes of this movie and think I'd like to go to Palm Springs. Like, the production design <laughs> makes it look really great. And I think it says something that, like, the most vibrant and interesting part of this movie that the filmmakers invested in was, like, this weird dystopian world where all the women don't have jobs and just, right. you know, wear aprons and make cocktails all day. And that is, like, what comes most alive in the movie. Anyway... Finally, once it's revealed and they're in their, like, immaculate Palm Springs uh, living room. I got to say, it's, like, one of the best Palm Springs living rooms that I've sat in. I do like, think... a built-in sunken couch, yeah. L-shaped, well, you know? It's in a Richard Neutra house, right? Yeah. Which is, yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. Pre- a pretty big deal. It's the first time a Neutra house has been in a movie. Check out Richard Neutra. There's a great Toshin book of all of his mm-hmm. architecture. Also, a lot of it in Pasadena. So, that's, that's noteworthy. Right. But, so... Anyway, Florence Pugh finally confronts Harry Styles, and so he has to be in the simulation being like, I loved you, and that's why I did it, and is kind of carrying all of the emotional, like, manipulation and weight and betrayal of the movie on his beautiful non-actor shoulders, and it just doesn't work. Oh, my God. I definitely... I am not sad I won't be seeing this movie. I really want the screenshot of him as a gamer. Like, the first shot of him in his weird, like, Caesar haircut and goatee. I need it to be on the internet. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen. It is like an SNL sketch. Oh, my God. Well, that sounds awful. I will say, now that the movie's out, there's, like, definitely fewer memes than there were before, Mm -hmm. which which is fine. However, there are still a few. I saw that Nick Kroll was on some of the late night shows and he like 
he his joke now is that he told Harry Styles to spit on Chris Pine. Right. And so we've gotten to like the other side of things where everyone is trying to act like they're, they were always in on it. Like this is the plan, which I guess is like a nice thing to do for Olivia Wilde and whatnot. And then there's sort of like the kind of the the final act of the drama around the movie was last week, I think it was on Friday, a New York Magazine writer tweeted that he really wanted to tell like the full story of what happened on set in his article for New York Magazine, but he couldn't because of legal. So then he started tweeting out what he heard happened and then he had to delete all of his tweets. So if you missed it, what you missed was him saying there was a screaming match between Florence Pugh and... Olivia Wilde. And just to quote his tweet, at New York Mag, lawyers really ripped the guts out of this story. Wish you could read my original draft. His name is Chris Lee. So he then tweeted everything that legal made him rip out. Right. And then was like, oh no, I personally am going to be on the hook for all of this information and had to delete it. Sir, let's come on. So good. But then anyway, the final act of this is that he says there was a screaming match, which by the way, is not even new. Like I feel like we already knew that. Yeah. But now, now the crew was like, no, that never happened. So we'll okay. never really know. It'll never get past anyone's legal team. But I just enjoyed the deleted tweets. Can I add one more thing? So sure. Kiki Lane is briefly in this movie. She's one of the only Black women in the movie, certainly the most prominent Black woman. And then, you know, bad things happen to her, which is pretty unfortunate. I maybe would have rethought that. But then she posted on Instagram the best thing about Don't Worry Darling is that I was lucky enough to meet Ariel Stachel, who is also in the movie. They got us for most of the movie, but we're thriving in real life. So I just really beautiful. Everyone really hates how this movie turned out, but they did find love. So that's a happy ending. And also they don't have to be a part of the charade. So yeah, that's good. I guess At least so. there's yeah. that. I hope they get paid. I hope they weren't getting paid based on the final cuts. So yeah. I'm sure they weren't. So... All right. Well, so long. I'm ready to not talk about Olivia Wilde for a while. Okay. Just not that she's like not that interesting. I think that I've had a great time mean? covering all of this. I, I have sure. to be honest. The 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 Shia Olivia Wilde stuff was pretty ugly. Um, but it I will say it's really fun to get to argue with people about a movie and <laughs> to have opinions. It's nice. It's back in the culture a little bit. I, as a person who can't really keep up with TV but loves movies, I'm at least thrilled for that. I forgot to mention one final thing, which yeah. is also they, there was rumors of them breaking up. And so in response to that, for like the, la- like the last like four days, mm-hmm. they've just been photographed together like a lot. Yeah. So, they, so they're just like, they're a little too online, whatever the version of that is, like for being in magazines. So mm-hmm. I would sign off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good luck, everybody. But let's move on. Another person who definitely needs to sign off. I was saying, speaking of being too online... Adam Levine, put down your phone. (gasps) Oh my God. Shout out to the Ringer social media team. A couple of days ago, they did an Instagram story of like, are these Maroon 5 song lyrics or cringy Adam Levine tweets? I got our cringy Adam Levine text messages. I got all of it wrong because all of them were texts and I just cannot believe someone would send. Since last week, when we when we uh, talked about Adam Levine DMing a former paramour asking if he could use her name for his unborn child... Many more texts have come out and Adam Levine himself has addressed the situation, denying part of it, but not all of it, and issuing one of the worst celebrity statements in quite some time, in my opinion. It's up there with Chris Pine's publicist statement denying the the spit gate, which, once again, there's more questions than answers, opens more doors than closes them. Absolutely. I mean, 
Adam Levine basically said I was wrong in flirting with another woman, but he does not admit to like any of the many affairs he's now been accused of, of, of including with his former yoga teacher, this woman that we talked about last week, who is an influencer. I mean, it's just embarrassing, man. I feel really bad for his wife. I do as well. Who's currently pregnant with their third child, which is just, yeah. it's that, that's a lot going on. So I'd like to return to the DMs because okay. when last we spoke, it was one set of DMs with a very bizarre request to, for permission to name your unborn child after someone that you allegedly had an affair with and or sent really weird DMs to. Then there were many more DMs. This seems to confirm that no matter what else is going on, Adam Levine is sending really embarrassing DMs from his official Instagram account. It's honestly insane. Like, here are some examples. It's truly unreal how fucking hot you are. Like, it blows my mind. You're 50 times hotter in person, and so am I. Ha, 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 ha. This plane is so fucking sick. Holy shit. Sorry to change the subject. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's one about someone's booty. I mean, he's just not a wordsmith, that's for sure. Wait, wait, wait. But so we talked about this last week. And actually raised some questions about authenticity because it was hard for us to believe that Adam Levine would be sending such embarrassing text messages from his official Instagram account. Yes. And that, you know, we understand that these accounts are run by a team of people. There are often brand deals involved, certainly promotional things, that many people have access to the actual account so that they can maintain the business interests of the famous person. So how many people saw these is my question. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way that he's the only person with access to the account. And I don't think there's a way to silo DMs. So, I mean, how many people? Five people? Ten people? I think, like, 10 to 15 would be my guess. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because, like, since this broke, he's had to change his... uh, Or the Adam Levine account has changed its avatar because Maroon 5 just announced they're doing a residency in Las Vegas. So, like... Is Adam Levine himself updating the avatar to the official art for the Maroon 5 residency in Vegas? Like, I I really, I highly doubt that. But I don't know. Maybe we're wrong. (laughs) So do we think it's just like an honor system of don't look at my DMs, only I'll look at my DMs? (sighs) I guess so. I I don't know. I, I have to know more about how this works because I just can't believe that people are being this irresponsible with this much, you know, public access. He also maybe makes you wonder is like, did she did his wife already know about this? Because like with, with athletes, very often many, many of the couples like have understandings. Like there's it's like an open relationship, or maybe they're separated but not divorced. Like, who knows what their relationship is like actually like? Regardless, it's still really embarrassing. But I'll I'll just say like maybe this isn't brand new news. Sure. But still, imagine it's your job no, it's to manage Adam Levine's like voice partnership. Is he still on the voice? Did he leave? Uh yeah, I think he is. I think he can never leave. Like what would he be? What were he and Blake Shelton without the voice? Like nothing. Right. Though I do feel like that Gwen Stefani showed up and then Actually, I think he did leave. I take that back. I think, I think he... John Legend replaced him. Yes, correct. Oh my God, I'm so wrong. (laughs) Right, well, then that raises some questions as well about why did he leave? Okay, but so you're managing Adam Levine's like Maroon 5 stuff, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so it's your job to make sure that the brand, like the accounts are updated, the bios got the relevant information to change the icon if you need to, because you're doing a residency in Vegas. And you log on and then you just see like the 45 sign on the DMs and you don't click. I, like, at what you know, also... How many do you get that are, like, even worth reading? Like, it's just, how do you find... I'm, I think it's more likely he was, like, proactively seeking out hot women on Yeah, Instagram. I'm sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But the replies are still in the same account, right? Oh, is, yeah. Is yeah, there yeah, some definitely. sort of, like, celebrity, like, filter, you know, that Instagram hasn't rolled out? There's primary versus general. Do you have that? No. What is that? Um, You can, like, separate... There's like two inboxes for your messages, what prime primary in general. So right, of course. But yeah, if you you can't deny access to primary no. for anyone. No, who, no, no. Okay, it's just like 35 people were reading these. That's so mortifying. Imagine I guess there being are like, some platforms like there's like a like some third party platforms to manage an account without having access to like the actual account. But still, I think you'd get all the messages. Yeah. So I I don't know. <laughs> it's horrifying, humiliating. I also just think, so his apology said, or it's not really an apology, his statement said, a lot is being said about me right now and I just want to clear the air. I use poor judgment in speaking with anyone other than my wife in any kind of flirtatious manner. I do not, I did not have an affair and nevertheless I crossed the line during a regrettable period in my life. I feel like, <laughs> I, I think that talking to someone in a flirtatious manner when you're in a relationship of any kind is, is bad but I think that's really underplaying it's what like, Adam Levine was doing. And it's just like, dude, we can read the messages. It was more than flirting. And I do think that people flirt. That could be excused, whatever. This is a repeated pattern of behavior that's really embarrassing right. for everyone. And I think that there is a difference between flirtatious behavior or just, you know, flirting a little in person and then actively sending yeah. DMs. Once, Absolutely. once it's written down, that's a different code of betrayal. And also, my guy, they're written down. They're going to be screenshots. Yeah, we can all see it. <laughs> you got to think harder. You just got to think harder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, next up. Checking in on these royals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still going. The money is here. King Charles's own crest is here. And by the money, I mean he's now on the money. Right. It won't be in circulation until 2024, apparently. Which is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. It's just he, he just still can't win. And now there's also King Charles architecture. Yeah, so this is a long-running thing. I, I read this over the weekend, and I thought it was a pretty clever uh, New York Times piece by Alex Marshall about... Basically, Charles's Disneyland in the UK mm-hmm. that he built. And so he's very into architecture. My guy, he's not my guy anymore. The king is into a lot of things, has always had a lot of opinions. Uh, Nature, architecture, and, and, things like and that. And I think some of them are pretty commendable, at least in idea. Yes. I mean, he's very big into organic farming. He started... Yeah, the, climate change has long been an issue. Yeah, and the Prince's Trust, which helps underserved kids in the UK. He was, like, really early to that. I, like The hilarious name about, thing about the Prince's Trust, though, is yeah. that the Prince's Real Trust is the duchy, sure. which has so much more money than the Prince's Trust. But yes. anyway, That is on. very true. Again, it's like the ideas are good in practice, raises a lot of questions. And I kind of, I feel like the Disneyland thing is a really perfect example of this. Okay, so this, Charles hates modern architecture, just often gave a lot of speeches being like, tear down this glass building or whatever, like crotchety old man, get off my lawn stuff. But then because, you know, he was like a prince, he was able to sponsor the building of like a quote model town. Yeah, it's like building his own Levittown kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Without any of the beneficence except for benefiting himself. It's called Poundbury. It's in Southern (laughs) England. And there are like strict architectural regulations according to his beliefs. And he has the say on everything. And it still is going. And thousands of people now live in this town. And... It's really fascinating because it talks about some of the ideas like about architecture and the materials should be local and sort of some of the sustainable where you're like, uh, okay, like I kind of get what you're saying and public housing should look like the rest of the, uh, you know, these great ideas. And then this like literal king being like no one can replace their windows with metal windows even though there are drafts, because that's not according to like the old timey style when I had power. It's very strange. It's also like a real mix of architectural styles. Like there's columns, but then there's also like thatch roofs and like there's not one specific style that he's going after. It's like he saw some things that he liked and he put them all in Poundberry. It's just like if it was all old timey and references an era of England when the person in my position could do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the set of Belgravia from the yeah. television show Belgravia. Yes. Which was which is a fun watch. <laughs> yeah. Charles is like 
kind of deranged. I mean, this whole thing is pretty insane. It's ridiculous. But I thought the piece did a good job of showing just how ridiculous it is and sort of the contradictions of this person and just how, once again, how weird it is that they're just like, sure, we're going to have a new king. He'll have a coronation. He'll have faces on the money. Like, no problem. What? It's... (laughs) It's so bizarre. Meanwhile, did you see November 9th, season five of The Crown? It's happening. I sure did. I gotta say, the shots of Elizabeth Debicki as Diana at the end of her life, Uh incredible. It's just perfect. I am so excited. It could not be worse timing for Charles. And frankly, even though I would argue that the show, at least maybe until the end of season four, was like really sympathetic to him. Probably overly sympathetic. Yes. Bad childhood or absentee parents. Right. But all that. I can't wait. I'm I wasn't excited about Dominic West as Charles, but mm-hmm. now I'm now I'm more excited. Just he's just too handsome, but whatever. Okay. Fine. Can't wait. By the way, I finally watched Chloe on Amazon Prime. Have you watched that? It's with Aaron Doherty, who plays Princess Anne in seasons three and four of The Crown. Oh, right. Remind me what it is. She plays basically a stalker who assumes an identity to infiltrate a group of friends. Okay. I haven't watched that, actually. It's a batshit British thriller. I had a really good time. I really recommend it. Great. She's great. Next. You put this on our rundown. Can I just talk about my feelings? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, this is... So I put this on. So Roger Federer retired from tennis. And Mm -hmm. we knew this was coming. He's 41 years old. He's been having major injury problems for many years. Like, But it was sort of sudden, and he didn't finish like at a big grand slam as Serena did. And so we didn't really get to say goodbye, and it's been really hard for me. And <laughs> he sort of said goodbye. He started this thing called the Laver Cup, which is like tennis's answer to the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. And so he played doubles with Rafael Nadal like, for one final match on, like, the first night of the Labor Cup to, like, to say goodbye. And then there was, like, a lot of fanfare and a lot of crying. And at some point, both, like, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal were openly weeping next to each other on the tennis court. So once again, really emotional. And in the middle of of all this, Ellie Goulding is just, like, doing a performance. And I just, of all the people, why? How did Ellie Goulding get invited to Roger Federer's farewell? You know, I don't find this entirely surprising. First of all, she's way more famous in Europe and That's the UK true. than she is here. She played at Will and Kate's wedding. That is true. And this event was held in London. So, yeah. And, and Roger is like friends with the royals to the point that he went to Pippa's wedding, which, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm not like entirely shocked by this. She also is kind of like not as popular, but in terms of like private events, I would liken her to like female Ed Sheeran. And just sort okay. of like, will will perform at any British event you ask her to, okay. and so especially for a fee. So this this actually tracks for me. Also, Roger Federer, from everything I know about him off the court, doesn't seem like the most imaginative person. So like this just seemed <laughs> How like dare you? Sure, why not? <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are your top five private event pop stars right now? Like what? Like how am I like w- likely to do it? Like most famous yeah. person you can get for available. A fee? Yeah, I'm gonna go number one, Bruno Mars. Okay, I think he will play at almost any private event for a fee, which I support. Ed Sheeran, number two. Okay, Justin Bieber, number three. Really, I think Bieber will do, especially a private event. I think if it's like really private, he would do it. Hmm. I guess I'll put Ali Golding at four. Okay, and who would be five for me? Will do anything. John Mayer. 
Really? Is he doing what? I mean, I know Actually, he's, he's like on tour with the dead, but that's yeah, different I take it, than a I take it back. I take it back. I just feel like he's like, would do some weird stuff. But no, I take it back. He's, I, mean, I think he will, but I don't know whether like, you know, your private sure. birthday party Hi, is part of that. Yeah. Or your conference. I, I don't know who my number five is. I need okay. to think about that. But you I can, feel good about those four. Okay. I, I think that's the answer. It, it was a different tone than the rest of the experience. And I don't know whether it was what I was looking for in my moment of sadness, but, but thanks for <laughs> indulging me. Th- and thank you to Roger Federer. No problem at all. All right, next. Paris Hilton, I just needed to mention this. She closed the Versace runway show at Fashion Week in, I believe, Milan. Yes. And what's happening here? Is this ironic? Is this, yeah. Is this I, I mean, like, I think it is. I think it's Versace, like, trying to grab a moment and Paris sort of, you know, boomeranging back as she does every once in a while. And then people are like, oh, no, we remembered all of the not great things that you did. So, but, you know, it's Versace. It's Donatella. Like, I, you know. I'm not into this. They like a I, pop I, culture I, moment. I guess so. I thought this was weird, but here I am talking about it. Okay. Next, I just wanted to mention, you probably don't care about this, but Britney Snow, are you familiar with Britney Snow? I mean, I know you are. Yeah, Pitch Perfect, right? Yeah. I, I'm like a big Britney Snow fan. Okay. Britney Snow's husband inexplicably went on Selling the O.C., a, a Netflix spinoff reality <laughs> show. And then on the show, he did not... He acted like it more like Adam Levine than like a married man. He was like just embroiled in all the drama. He was just like definitely flirtatious and like in a quote cuddle puddle with all of his coworkers. Yes. So... Can I ask what percentage of... Is this Selling the OC or Selling Sunset? Selling the OC. Which is a spinoff of Selling Sunset, right? Correct. So what part of these shows... What percentage is Selling Homes? And what percentage is Illicit Relationships? Selling the OC... You never see the Illicit Relationships. always like hearsay of like talking about what happened. Selling the OC definitely had more real estate than Selling Sunset, which I enjoyed. But the point is, it was very clear that Tyler and Britney Snow would not make it out of this because his his behavior was so inappropriate and disrespectful. Okay. So then, three weeks after the show comes out, they announce they're separated. Sure. And we we're all like, yeah, of course, of course, of course. And then, six days later, they're having a sleepover and TMZ caught them on camera. And I'm pretty sure that they didn't know the cameras were there because he's wearing like a really, really like, not even like hip sweats, like sweats you wear around the house and to sleep in, which I support, obviously. But like, I don't think it was staged. So, and so when you say TMZ caught them on camera, it caught them leaving the home at the same time? Yeah, and then and also going out for breakfast. Oh, okay, like but not together. like... They're, they're, we aren't doing, like, cameras no. inside the home. No, no, no. Oh, no. It's, it's like not that voyeuristic. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, she's not on the show at all. Like, she's just like, no, I'm not doing this. Okay. But so they catch them at dinner the night before, then going back to her house, and then out to breakfast the next morning. And so they share a dog and like they're really obsessed with their dog and their breakup. They were like, during this difficult time, we're focusing on like maintaining a healthy, a healthy relationship for our dog, Charlie. So like, they're just like backsliding over the dog or something. I don't know. But I just found this like absolutely predictable and noteworthy. And I feel like this guy, Tyler, who was not already famous, is getting exactly what he, what he wants, which is fame. And I just feel like Britney Snow needs to, needs to keep a hard line on this one. So your interpretation is that the dog led to the backsliding? Yeah, because I think they were like handing off the dog. That's oh, okay. my interpretation. Here's what they wrote in their note regarding the dog. We started this journey as best friends and our relationship will continue to be a priority, not only for us, but for our dog, Charlie. 
I have no respect for that. I I have less than no respect for that. It's an absolute, <laughs> I mean, I, the dog deserves a nice life and love. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to like take that, you know, protect the dog, but like, come on. I know. I know. So, I was just like, what the fuck? But who knows what will happen? Tyler just wants to be famous. It's very clear. So he's Is getting his wish. Tyler on the next season of Selling the OC? You know, it hasn't been announced. It's picked up for a season two. And I would have thought it was like a sure thing. But it just seems like the winds of reality television on streaming platforms is changing these days. And I think that, like, HBO Max got rid of all of their unscripted slate and it's part of the Warner Brothers right, Discovery. Right, but that's also because they have Discovery, you know. Sure, some... but, like, they got rid of, like, F-Boy Island, like, things like that. You oh, know, like, what? like true, true reality, unscripted stuff. And so... I just think that like these shows are just not that profitable. Like they, they're profitable for networks because they can sell ads against them and they're much cheaper to make. But like just the finances of reality TV is different for streamers. So I don't know is the point. I'm surprised it hasn't been announced, but if Bling, if Bling Empire can get three seasons, I think they should get two. Okay. Did oh, Tyler sorry. sell any homes in the OC? Yeah, uh, he sold two, but his father is like a longtime um, real estate person in Orange County. So like okay. he's starting on third base. Can I share one real estate trend that I've observed. Sure. I don't know whether this is national or hyper-local, but I do feel like it's connected to Selling Sunset and Selling the OC, which is so I go for, I, I live near the Rose Bowl in Pasadena and there's like sure. a, a little track around it, a paved track. So I'll go for runs um, around the Rose Bowl. And frequently now in the mornings and not just on weekend mornings, but weekday mornings too, like multiple realtors have little booths set up oh, God. at the Rose Bowl to try to convince the people running around the Rose Bowl to sell their sell? home. Oh, my God. Wow. And one of them, sorry for the, uh, this is not an advertisement. I'm not endorsing it. But one of them is named like the hipster realtor. Jade, you're nodding. <laughs> Have you seen this? Yeah. I, and so I just, I don't know what that's about. And Me neither. It, they, and they are like advertising in a sort of, you know, glam, fizzy way that seems to suggest to me that the the reality TVization of mm -hmm. this industry is what they're referencing. Really, this weird. is disturbing to me. I agree. I don't feel good about it. I don't either. But I was just passing it along. <laughs> I haven't stopped. I keep running at a very slow pace. Well, they're probably hoping to nab you soon. Yeah. Nope. All right. Last couple of items. I just wanted to mention that. In just a few short weeks, I don't know the exact date. Perhaps you do. Uh, now I do. October 21st. George Clooney and Julia Roberts have a movie coming out together. Yeah. It's a true rom-com. It it's is. called Ticket to Paradise. They play a divorced couple who tries to stop their daughter from getting married. Mm -hmm. And I honestly couldn't be more excited for the movie and also the press tour. Like, those two really like each other. And they haven't been in a movie together since the Oceans movies. And I'm just... Incredibly excited. This feels like a gift. This, this, I will definitely be seeing this in theaters. I'm so excited, Amanda. I, you and me both. I just, it's definitely top 10 of the fall for me. Probably top five. They have already started doing press and it's delightful. Yes. They just make fun of each other. The one thing that you mentioned, not only is it a romantic comedy of Julia Roberts and George Clooney, but it's set on a tropical island. Just. Bali. I can't wait. I love it. Me too. Thank you. Please make a romantic comedy every couple years, you two, and I watch all of them. Also, the hot guy from Emily in Paris is in it. Well, I consider him hot. I don't oh, know yeah. The, the chef. The chef, yeah. He's in it, as is Caitlin Deaver, who's great. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really excited. 
I gotta say, related, I just learned that we're getting a season three of Emily in Paris. Yes, she has a new haircut. Have you heard? She has a new haircut. I saw it. And I maintain that that show's evil. And also, I am so excited for season three. Me too. I think, like, the happiest moment of 2021 for me was eight months pregnant, sitting alone on a giant couch after Christmas, watching all of Emily in Paris, not having anything else to do. I was like, finally, I'm at peace, even though I think that this is just everything that's wrong about society is contained in this show. And I love it. Me too. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm very excited. Last note. We just thought we'd check in on what we were reading. Yeah. Amanda, would you like to go first? I would. I'm reading a, a recent novel called Mercury Pictures Presents by Anthony Mara. Mara, sorry if I'm getting the pronunciation wrong. I'm halfway through, so I can't make any guarantees, but I love it. Uh, This is like the novel-ass novel of the year. It reminds me a lot of Great Circle, the Maggie Shipstead book that I believe came out last year that I also thought was great. It's just immersive. It is nominally set at a movie studio in Hollywood in the the 40s, the early 40s is where they are right now. But it kind of goes everywhere. And it's just like vibrant and moving and really like readable, but still with like like elevated writing. I'm just a big fan. I'm really enjoying it. I'm excited. I saw it in a lot of bookstores yeah. this summer and didn't buy it because I have too many books. But I it's high on my list. I'll definitely hit it early next year. But I'm not reading any hyper-recent fiction until 2023. I just, like, have read a lot of it in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And I just need a break from things that have been published, like, recently. I just say, like, first of all, I'm glad to hear this book is really good. And we've talked about some other recent books we really like. But by and large, contemporary literary fiction has gotten much worse. So I'm going to need more from my writers and from my editors. And then I'll come back. And I love contemporary literary fiction. So please, just improve. I can't. It's upsetting. You've identified something that is when you're reading something that's brand new, you often are investing as much in the, like, very effective marketing and hype around a book as much as the book that itself. And listen, that's how the book industry stays afloat. And I love the book industry and I love reading. So, like, two thumbs up. But sometimes you're going to get a good one and sometimes it's not going to work out for you. And so there is something to the approach of, you know, letting time kind of bake yeah. out what the, the the like really exciting, successful, lasting novels are and then committing to those. I like this as an approach. I like I like these like unofficial challenges that we have set for ourselves. <laughs> I texted you yesterday. No one else needs to know this, but here we are. I have decided that once again I will be doing my like mystery only personal book festival from Q4. Thanks- Q4, Q4 mysteries really only. Really from Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving till the end of the year and I've got a list of 5 books already that I'm not allowed to purchase until the end of November, and I'll read them then. And it gives me something to look forward to. Just really cozy, bring it on home. So it's nice, uh, like personal programming, you know? Do something nice for yourself. Yeah, so I'm currently reading White Noise to get ahead of the Netflix movie. I never read it before. Guess what? Everyone's right. It's really good. astonishing. I reread it this summer for the same reason. I was like, well, okay, this is a good book. So good. And yeah, I'm. that's by Don DeLillo, in case you didn't know. It's really good. Check it out. And... I'm looking forward to revisiting the 80s and the 90s. I feel like I just have some blind spots there. And then, you know, next year I'll come I'll come back. But I need a break from recent literature. Okay. So will you do you have the next title lined up? Do I'm gonna you... read some Toy Bean, I think. Okay. Some column Toy Bean. Oh, and that's fun. 
Yeah. You know, I just love the English and the Irish literature. So he's, and he's got some real winners. So I think I'm going to read Nora Webster, which is from 2014. So that falls outside of my five-year prohibition. And we'll see where we go from there. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear about it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you to Jade Willie for producing this episode. We'll be back next week on Mondays. We're only on Tuesday today because of the Jewish holiday. Happy New Year. Um, Thank you all for listening. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.